old Christmas carol. I know many of you know it. It's Angels We Have Heard on High. And, you know, as, as you look at the Christmas passages from the beginning, you know, those early passages in each of the Gospels, um, it, it struck me this year just how involved angels were in the announcement of this first, of the first Christmas. And so what I thought we would do tonight is just look at some of those passages and remind our hearts of, of heaven's proclamation, what heaven had to say, and that would of course have been God's messengers, those angels who came and announced the coming of Jesus. If anyone knew who Jesus was and what he had come to do, it would have been heaven. He was sent. He came from heaven. And so these angels, as they declare what Christ is coming to do, we see the truth of Jesus really proclaimed right from the very beginning. And um, so we'll be kind of looking through some passages, mainly in the Gospel of Luke and Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can open up first with me, Luke 1. And then uh, also we'll be in Matthew 1. Uh, as, as I said, if we get it up on the overhead, you can track with me. But if not, we can. I'll read them out loud, of course, and you can follow with me in the, in the Bible. But the first message really comes um, to a man by the name of Zacharias. This is the first angelic message. And uh, Zacharias, of course, would become the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was to precede Jesus. He was to come before uh, he was a relative of Jesus. They were cousins. Mary and Elizabeth were relatives. But if you're there in Luke 1, let's pick it up and you see this first message. And it's really a message of preparation. Preparation for Christ. Luke 1 and verse 13. Uh, and again, I'm just picking out highlights for us tonight. Uh, there's uh, be too much to read otherwise. But in verse 13 it said, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias. For your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many people will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him... That reference would be to Jesus in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Why? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This first angelic announcement comes to Zacharias announcing the arrival of John the Baptist. Of course, it's all within view of Christ, but it is a message of preparation. It is a message concerning what John the Baptist will be about. He will come to prepare the hearts for the Lord. Make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John the Baptist would proceed and his ministry would in some way prepare hearts to then receive Christ. And I do believe that there is a ministry of preparation that goes on in the heart and Today, I believe it's worked by the Holy Spirit Himself who prepares a heart and makes a heart ready to receive the Lord. Uh, we, we sing another song, you know, Joy to the World, and it says, Let every heart prepare Him room. And there is a certain preparation of the heart in order to embrace and come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Zacharias did not believe the angel. This was the angel Gabriel, by the way, the same angel that would come and speak to Mary, 
But he did not believe the angel at this first visitation because, of course, he and his wife were past childbearing years and he imagined that that just wasn't possible. And, well, the angel said, you know, because you don't believe, you're just going to be quiet. You're going to be mute until it actually comes to pass, until the son is born. And so Zacharias was quiet after that. He was not able to speak until finally John the Baptist was born. And uh, at that time, of course, he had a lot to say. Zacharias knew then that God had performed this miracle. His son was born. And he would then prophesy and affirm the angel's message. And we pick it up now in Luke 1. Pick it up with me in verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. Speaking now of his son. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace." Zacharias now prophesying of his own son's ministry, you're going to go before Jesus and you're going to ready the heart of the people. And we see how that's going to happen. You're going to talk about the knowledge of salvation. You're going to talk about the need for the remission of sin. And you're going to talk about the tender mercy of our God. You're going to talk about the day spring from on high, which of course would be none other than Jesus, who would come to give light and to guide those hearts to peace. You're going to come and you're going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And it would say in the, in the Old Testament, actually the children's hearts back to their fathers as well. The fathers' hearts to the children, the children's hearts to the fathers, to the, the disobedient, to the wisdom of the just. In other words, John, you're going to go and in your ministry... You're going to prepare hearts because you're going to cause a change of heart. There's been a hardness of heart. Fathers against children, children against father. It it, it talks of this, the natural affection that should be in a family has become hard. Because of life, because of sin, because of selfishness, because of all kinds of circumstance. Hearts grow cold, hearts grow hard. And they become self-centered. And you're going to bring a change of heart. You're going to bring an understanding that God has a tender mercy available to give forgiveness and remission of sin. It would be said that John the Baptist's ministry was a ministry of repentance. How many of you heard that before? It's in the Bible, that word repent. That's what repent means. It means a change. A change of heart. A change of direction. And in order to really come to Christ, there does need to be a certain Heart change. Now, you don't need to become anything to come to Christ. In fact, you're supposed to, as the Bible says, come as you are. We sing that song, come just as you are. There's nothing that you need to do, but something has to happen in the heart. There has to be a recognition that, you know what, the life that I'm living is is empty. The way that I'm going is causing me trouble and pain, and it's wrong. And I know in my own heart that the conviction of my own heart, I'm living in sin. I'm, I'm, I'm living against God, against His plan, His goodness, His purpose for my life. And John the Baptist's ministry was to awaken that in the heart of the people. To recognize that, you know what, we're not right. We're not right with God. We're not right with one another. There's something wrong with, with, with man's condition. 
There's something of of sin within all of us, and it's an awakening to that. Not this self-righteous, oh, I'm a good person, I'm fine, I don't need anybody, I don't need anything. That's a heart that's hard, that's a heart that's stubborn, that's a heart that's determined. John the Baptist was to come in preparation, and it was to be a change of heart. Make ready your heart for the Lord. Prepare Him room as we sing in joy to the Lord. This repentance, this change of direction, this thinking differently, this uh, being able to reconsider, recognizing yourself as a sinner, recognizing your need for forgiveness, recognizing your need for a Savior. You see, this is the heart that is ready to meet Jesus. The heart that sees the need. The heart that recognizes a change is necessary in my life. My life's not right. You know, there may be some of you here tonight. I know many of you are church family and you are believers in, in the faith. And, uh, but there, may, there are others here, so oftentimes on Christmas, Christmas Eve, family will come out. Those that don't know the Lord personally, but they come to celebrate, to come to honor the season and the, and the, the birth of Christ, which is a good thing. But it may be that you need to prepare Him room in your heart tonight. I want you to hear the ministry of John the Baptist announced by this first angel's visitation of Gabriel saying, this is going to be your ministry. You're going to go and you're going to have people's hearts get ready for the Lord. Because Jesus will be coming behind you and that's the Savior. He's the one that they need. But their hearts need to be awakened to come to that place, that realization that there would be this Savior. Well, the next announcement would come to Mary and Joseph. And we know that Gabriel is the angel who visits Mary. We're not sure about Joseph. It just says that an angel warns him in a dream. But clearly, there are angels at work again, now getting ready to announce the birth of Jesus, both to Mary and to Joseph. So we've seen this announcement of preparation. But now, as we move to Mary and Joseph, we see the announcement of participation. He's coming to you. He's going to be living in your home. Jesus is coming into your life. Look with me, Luke 1, verse 30. And again, just picking out some highlights here. Then the angel said to her, that was Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. The first that Mary hears she's going to have a child is from this angelic appearance. Gabriel comes and announces, don't be afraid. You'll notice that the angels often have to to tell folks, don't be afraid. They must be impressive by sight when they come and display something of their their God-given glory. And so he comforts her hearts and says, listen, God's chosen you for this purpose. You're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. But what about Joseph, the, the engaged, betrothed husband? What's going to be the news to him when he finds out that his wife is with child? Oh, don't worry, Joseph. It's from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. How do I know what's happening here? You can imagine Joseph's heart. Well, the Bible speaks to that. Look with me. If you can turn to Matthew 1, verse 18. Matthew 1 and 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, 
Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He was simply going to cancel the marriage and just put her away in a private manner, not making a spectacle of her. Verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. This is no longer just a a message of preparation. This is really a message of participation. This is an actual Jesus coming into their lives, God with us. Jesus would say later in His own ministry that those who would love Him, that He and the Father would love as well, and that we will come to Him and make our home with Him. So there is this additional work in the heart. There is a preparing of one's heart, a recognizing of the need for a Savior, for forgiveness, a recognizing a need for change in one's life. But just knowing the need, just kind of having that preparatory work, it's not enough to come into a personal relationship with the Lord. You must participate in this coming to faith in Christ. There must be this actual partaking of Jesus into your heart and life. A Savior to save His people from their sins is the announcement. He will be born of the Holy Spirit. God is the one that is initiating this work. God is the one that is extending His love, His mercy, His grace. And He's coming to save. He's coming to offer mercy and forgiveness. Both Mary and Joseph respond in faith to this message of Jesus' coming. In Matthew 1 and verse 24, after Joseph has this announcement in his dream from the angel, it says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was a believer. Joseph became a believer in Jesus Christ upon the angels announcing this in his dream. No doubt the testimony of his wife Mary confirming it. And he brought her in as his wife, and Jesus was born, and he called his name Jesus. He was obedient to this call upon his life, this participating what his part would be in the gospel and the work of Christ in his life. Also Mary, and back in Luke 1, in verse 38, Mary's initial response to the angel was, uh, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary said, Amen. Let it be. If, if, if I'm to have this child, so be it. Let it be done unto me according to your word. She would go on and celebrate this. After visiting Elizabeth, Elizabeth confirming that all the, this that you have 
been promised will come to pass because you've believed the Lord. Mary breaks out into song. We sang little excerpts of it here even tonight in our worship time. Luke one forty six. it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. This is a young couple that is embracing Jesus Christ by faith. They are rejoicing that they have been chosen to be a participant in the gospel story. In this incredible work of God coming to earth to dwell among men as a man, to die for men, for the sins of men, to be raised in victory, to save men. They embraced this at the, at the word of the angel. And so to participate is, in fact, to believe on Jesus. Again, not enough just to hear the story. Not enough just to be kind of you know, mindful of what you've heard year after year about Christmas, but this participation, this inviting the work of God into your heart. Joseph and Mary, their lives were radically changed as they came to this place of faith in Jesus. This brings us, of course, to the very first Christmas Eve. We read it on Sunday, but let's look at it again here tonight as we are celebrating Christmas Eve in Luke chapter 2. All of this announcement from the angels, and now the story begins to unfold in Luke 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar, Augustus, that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This coming to faith in what God had done and what God had promised in Christ. It was not just kind of a a mental ascent of believing. It was something that would actually invade their life. This is something that would radically change their life forever. You know, Jesus would describe coming to relationship through faith in God as a experience. It's like being born all over again. Born of the Spirit. It is to be a radical transformation within the heart, within the life. We see it acted out here very clearly in Joseph and Mary's life. To participate is to embrace the Lord's will and plan for your life. It's not just kind of inviting Jesus along as your buddy in life or as your help along the way. It is a complete change of heart, it is a complete transformation of life. You see, when you're lost in sin, and you know it, when your life is empty apart from God, and you know it, when that heart is really prepared and understands that you are desperate for saving, then when you finally meet the Savior, it changes everything. 
It changes everything about your life, about your priorities. It changes everything about what, what's meaningful to you. We, we sang it tonight. You can have all this world, just give me Jesus. Because this world and all that we know of it is passing away. Life is fragile and fleeting. The Bible says life is but a vapor. Man is like grass. He grows, he's green, and then he's gone. But Jesus speaks of eternal life. Jesus speaks of water wherein you would never thirst again. You see, this is a radical change that God is working in this work of Jesus Christ. This is to, this is to be the, the change of every part of your life and heart. God moves into your life and you become a participant of the Gospel story. You become a co-worker, if you will, in the work of heaven. Joseph and Mary, are, are, they, are, they are now recruited. They are in. They are all in. And their lives are now taking the path that God has called them to. And they rejoice. This is not a reluctant. This is a rejoicing. This is a, Mary is, is praise God. He's done great things for me. Because they realized that they were desperate for saving and that they had met now the Savior. Well, this brings us to the, the last angel announcement that we'll look at tonight. And of course, it's that announcement that comes to the shepherds. Pick it up there with me now. In Luke chapter 2, we've seen that announcement of preparation, the announcement of participation, and now this word of proclamation. Luke 2 and verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This third message, a message of proclamation, good tidings of great joy. That, that Greek phrase for good tidings, it's the same. It's translated also as the word gospel. It means good news. It means to proclaim, to evangelize, to declare the good news that God has come to men to save. God has become a man. God has visited earth in the person of Jesus Christ because of His goodwill towards men. This gospel is to be preached. Mark would tell us, uh, and he's uh, recording Jesus in Mark sixteen fifteen. go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the first real gospel presentation. These angels preaching Christ to these shepherds. But now it's been entrusted to men in our lives to announce the good news, to evangelize. Shepherds respond with obedience and joy. Look with me now in verse 15. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. This beautiful Christmas Eve passage declaring to us the events in which Christ was born. Notice that the angel said, this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. I don't think manger is, mangers were the place you would normally expect to find newborn children. But this was a unique birth, a humble birth, a difficult season humanly, but a glorious season spiritually. And God bringing it to bear. You see, the tr- you see how the angels kind of walked the announcement through. First, a message of preparation. A ministry of getting your heart ready. A coming to, to your senses. A coming to the realization that, that things are not right in your life without a Savior. You're, you need to get your life right with God. A repentance. A change of heart. A turn of direction. A softening of the heart. A recognizing that I need mercy from God. A preparation, but that then it goes to a, a message of participation. Embrace. Christ has come. Your heart is ready. Now receive this Savior into your heart and life. Make it personal. Let Him move into the home of your heart. He moved into the, heart, into the literal home of uh, Joseph and Mary. But Jesus said to those that know Me, Me and My Father, we will make our home within Him. In the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will reside within your life. He wants to move into your life too, and He wants to make the same kind of radical difference for good as He did in the life of Joseph and Mary. A spiritual change. A spiritual uh, uh, transformation. And then the final announcement is the proclamation. And isn't that the way... Isn't that Kind of the way we even minister the gospel when people come to Christ, you know, after prepare your heart, recognize your need for a Savior, come to faith in Christ and receive forgiveness of sin, and now go and share your faith. Go proclaim it. Go tell others what God has done for you, what God is doing in your life. And things have not changed. This is still the simple yet powerful message of truth. We need, we need a Savior. I don't know where your life is. I don't know what direction you're going. But you might want to consider. You might want to prepare your heart. Make room in your heart. Prepare Him room. You might want to recognize that, you know, I need Jesus. I need, I need a relationship with God. And then embrace Him. Receive this wonderful good news that Jesus Christ has come. And died on a cross for your sins. That you might have forgiveness of sin. That you might have peace with God. And not only now, but for eternal life. And then share that. Let God do a work in your life. And if God has, and you know the Lord, then like those shepherds, go and tell the story. Testify of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. I want to close here tonight with the famous passage of John three sixteen and verse 17. This is what God was doing on that Christmas Eve night. This is what was happening 
that first Christmas. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. This is the heart of God. This is the goodwill toward men. He loves you. And He wants to save you. If you don't believe or think that you need saving, then then you need to prepare your heart. You need to be honest in your heart. You need to be truthful in your relationship with God, with others, the direction that you're going. And then you need to allow Jesus into your life, to invade your life with His grace, His love, His goodness, His plans, His purposes, something beautiful, something good. Mary was just a young teenage girl when this happened to her. Don't you, don't you know that although her life would not be easy, she would ultimately watch her son at the cross, but she would also see him at the resurrection. And what, a, you know, what her life may have been. You know, there were a lot of young women in Israel during that time, but we know of just one, Mary, that, that this kind of event happened. Jesus made all the difference in her life and for good. And so God wants to do that in your heart and life as well. If you know the Lord, then, you know, let Him have His way completely in your life. Let Him lead you and guide you in all that He would have for you. If you don't know the Lord, I encourage you tonight at Christmas, prepare Him room and invite Him into your life. And if God is working in your life, proclaim it. Tell, tell the story of Christmas. It, let this be a season of giving testimony concerning the good things that God has done in your life. Let's pray. Father, we, we do thank You once again for just this powerful truth, simple and yet so profound. And my confidence tonight, Lord, is not in anything that I can do, not in anything that we can do as as a church or as a presentation here tonight. My confidence, Lord, is in the truth of this message, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, it speaks for itself. You love us and you want to save us. As your heads are bowed here tonight, I do want to give an invitation for those of you that may desire to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Maybe you've been on the sidelines watching, you know the story, you've witnessed other Christians, but you've never really participated. You've never come to that place of true faith. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you tonight. Maybe your heart is now ready. You have been prepared in your heart. Maybe even leading up to this night. Things that have been happening in the weeks to come before. The Holy Spirit is faithful as He draws men, as He draws women to Himself. He prepares their hearts so that when they hear the message of truth and love, they're ready. They're ready to participate, ready to receive, to embrace it. Listen, nothing that you have to do, nothing that you can do. 
but simply acknowledge your need and receive the gift of God's love and forgiveness by putting your faith and trust in Jesus, your Savior. But if you're here tonight, I, I want to pray for you. If the Lord has brought you to that place and you're ready, and your heart is prepared to receive Jesus tonight, I want to pray for you here in just a moment. I also like to include a prayer for those that may need to come back to the Lord. You've received Christ once or once before at least, sometimes maybe two or three times you've come to the altar wanting to receive and have received Christ, but today, for whatever reason, your life has drifted from the Lord. It happens. So you're here, it's Christmas, and you're wanting to honor your faith, but if you were honest tonight, you're not really a participant. You're not really walking in that kind of complete fellowship with Him. Jesus is more of a kind of an ornament in your life, not really the Lord of your life. And I'd like to pray for you too. If the Lord is speaking to you, listen, He loves you. What He has for you is better than what you'll be able to discover without Him. And it may be that some of you just need to return in your heart and rededicate your life to Him here tonight at this Christmas Eve service and just surrender again to the Lord. Receive His forgiveness. Maybe you're feeling a sense of condemnation. You know, I'd like to, but I I just have too much that's gone on in my life of late. I, I feel so unworthy. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I don't think that I can do this in good conscience tonight. But don't you understand? That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to minister to those that recognize their need of a Savior. If your heart recognizes and knows that, then come back to the Lord tonight. It's His offer of love to you. I offer it to you under the confidence that His Word is true and that His Spirit is faithful to minister it to you. And now I want to pray. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive the Lord Jesus into your life for the very first time, or you want to rededicate, recommit your life to Him, I would ask you just to raise your hand where you're seated. Let me see you and I'll pray for you. God bless you. Here on the left, several hands. Any others? Lord speaking to you tonight. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. Amen. And you too, young man, there in the back. I see you on my left. Amen. Anyone else? I pray for these that have responded. Any others tonight? The Lord speaking to you. My confidence is in His Word. I, I know how the Lord works. <laughs> I know that when this truth, this powerful truth hits the heart, it, it finds its mark. It has an impact. And boy, if you don't know the Lord, you, you have to wrestle it off of you, don't you? You have to just almost resist it. I'm asking you not to resist tonight. Surrender to the Lord. He loves you. Receive it. Participate. Rejoice tonight. In Jesus, your Savior. Anyone else, just before I pray, let me see your hand. You need the Lord or you need to come back to Him?
So Lord, we thank You for these hearts that have responded tonight to the powerful message of the Gospel. The good news, the glad tidings, the goodwill of God towards men. And the will is this, that You love us and that You sent Jesus Christ not only into the world as a child, but as a man to die on a cross for our sins. And we receive it tonight by faith. We confess, we we make room in our hearts by acknowledging, Jesus, I need to be forgiven. Please cleanse me. Please receive me unto Yourself. Please welcome me into your, your, Your arms. And please fill my heart. Move into the home of my heart tonight. Holy Spirit, come and fill me and strengthen me and help me to live the life that I believe You've called me to. I want to turn from this direction I've been going and I want to follow Jesus. Come into my heart tonight and cleanse me and restore me that this Christmas Eve would be something special altogether. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.